1: This is the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Hello, everybody. My name is Corey. I am joined, as always, by Brendan, and we are coming to you on October 27th. Brendan, the World Series starts tomorrow. It is the Philadelphia Phillies, just as we all expected, Yep. uh, especially after the Cubs swept them all season. Uh, So logically, of course, they're in the World Series. And the Houston Astros, which I think makes
0: a lot more sense. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, if the Phillies win the World Series, you can say the Cubs were like technically the best team in the second half, right? Yes. Yeah. That's how it works. Transitively, I think that's
1: how that works. I mean, I don't... I don't know that they're I don't think the Cubs get anything
0: for that, but should they? They should I think is is the question. They deserve some type of like trophy, you know? Some banners yes. you know.
1: And, you know, this is an interesting World Series because it does kind of converge a couple of call them narratives, I guess, that, you know, you can relate to the Cubs, right? The Astros are a team that similarly tanked and rebuilt uh, and won a championship the year after the Cubs did. Uh, whether they were doing that um, in a savory manner, let's say, is I guess it's not really up no, for debate. They weren't they cheated, like <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> what I was going to say it's up about? for debate. It is not up for debate. Uh, <laughs> they were cheating, um, but they did win the World Series. So that's that's how that goes. Um, but they have managed Brendan to have sustained success. Yeah. This is one of uh, many. World Series appearances for them uh, in the last, uh, you know, just the last decade alone, Um, and they continue to, you know, George Springer left and went to Toronto, and they move on. Carlos Correa left and went to Minnesota. Jeremy Pena is hitting big home runs in the ALCS, right? So they, at least in a way, I think represent what a lot of us wanted from the cubs and the cubs did have their own sustained period of success but we're watching the astros kind of continue along this path um the other side is the phillies who represent the we're just gonna recklessly kind of spend money and hope to be competitive and get into the playoffs and screw around and screw around
0: they did, Brendan, as they win the NL Pennant. It's the Dombrowski way, right? You go out there, you make signings and free agency, you bolster your team that way, and you hope that the talent that you acquire just comes through in clutch moments and high stress moments. And they did that. So, I mean, Schwarber, Harper, Castellanos, realmuto like these are big-time free agent signings. I know I've seen a lot of the discourse online saying, well, we know if the Cubs did that, then they would be in a similar position. But uh, the Phillies also have a lot of younger guys who played well defensively at the tail end of the season. Uh, Aaron Nola, for example, was an anchor in that rotation. So they did make investments that in the farm system ended up proving viable for this team.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, how the Cubs didn't turn into the Astros is a much longer conversation.
0: Is it though uh, we, kind of, and, we kind of know. I mean, the Astros have those younger pitchers and they have mm-hmm. those younger uh uh prospects that panned out. The Cubs didn't fulfill their sports right. system duties.
1: Yeah, and I think the the, you know, the Cubs eventually got to a place where they made decisions about moving on from guys. I think they you know, Theo admitted that that was too late in some cases, and I think the Astros seem to have been better about that, right? I think they felt pretty comfortable letting Correa leave. Even if Correa is still a productive player, I think they felt, you know, it was Jeremy Pena's time. Um, you know, with Kyle Tucker and Jordan Alvarez, They, I don't think they're missing George Springer particularly. So they had those kind of next waves of talent and who was replacing who and things like that it also helps when you can get a Cy Young season out of I mean what is Justin Verlander 50 years old 60 we're going to talk about him in in this episode as it relates to the Cubs but that helps too right I think you have a guy put up a sub two ERA in in his 40s Um, but I think you know the the thing that does jump out right is there were definitely times earlier in this season where you would look at the Phillies and go okay, you know, sometimes you spend money and it doesn't really work because they looked like a complete mess. But I think the the main takeaway, and it goes back to, I think what a lot of people's gripes were heading into the 2021 season and the 2022 season with the Cubs is if you spent a little more money and supplemented this team, there is a real value in just getting in, yeah, right? And doing whatever you can to have a shot at playing in the postseason, because this Phillies team, to me, is a very good example of the the difference between winning over 162 games and winning in a five or a seven-game series, right? And I know that there were—I I was looking at some stuff, I think, from uh, Dodger writers or Dodger fans, where they had played the Phillies, I think, earlier in the year, and they went bombs away on the Dodgers, right? Right. And at the time, it was like, what you know, what is this, right? But then when you see it in the playoffs, you're like, oh, yeah, of course, right? Like, they have the players who can show up and win three or four games at a time. Of course they can, right? Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola, and a bunch of guys that just rip tanks, it can work in a short period, right? So it's how you do that and what the Cubs need to do to do that is a separate thing. And you, you do want to spend intelligently, right? Like, um, I think we need like a, a sound effect for when we say that, um, or
0: when this is, this is that. why I hated that line. Cause we're going to be talking about right. this the entire, the yeah, entire season. Race. Yeah.
1: But so I, I do, you know, it it's, it's the Phillies are not an example of like, just throw money and see what happens. Right. You do want to have some thought to it, but it is just an example that there is a obviously especially with the wild card format and everything there is a value to just getting in yeah. because you can put together a roster that can beat anyone four times in a seven game span they don't have to win 110 games to do that
0: Yeah, well, that's the argument we've always had, just in terms of rebuilding. It's been a discussion for for years, even dating back to the late 2000s, early 2010s, and some of the Fangraphs articles about the cost, risk of tanking, and giving up playoff potential in terms of money. And the big takeaway from all those discussions that have always stuck with me is that the ability to predict a team at the onset of the season, is exceptionally error-prone. And when we go back and look at those Pocota projections, go back and look at any type of projection you want, zips, steamer, all of it, the amount of error, while you can still have some predictive ability, is still quite high. The the majority of teams fall within a six-win window of their projection, which means for the Cubs, they were projected to, what, 75 wins? They in theory, fall within the majority of teams who were 75-win projections that at the, uh, at the peak of those majority of teams can be 81 wins, can go in the opposite direction to, to 79 wins. And that's the type of error that is normal within the league. So you can see how that could work in the Cubs' favor, where if they kind of get around next season, 81, 82 wins, then there's a really high possibility they go and end up winning 88 games. And if that's the case, Phillies won 87 games. That's a World Series team. You get into the playoffs, crazy stuff happens, man. You look at the last three NL teams in the World Series, 2019 Nationals won 93 games, 2021 Atlanta, who's now a juggernaut, won 88 games, the Phillies 87 games this season. It's not always the best team. And there it was for a period of time, and we kind of forgot about that. But baseball is a stupid sport. It will always be a stupid sport because of the randomness involved. You would just have to get in. That's really it. Trying to reduce down your team's talent to a uh, five-game series is ridiculous, but that's the nature of the sport. And you can go through the playoffs and win a World Series that way, Corey. You just have to get into there.
1: I think to me, the thing that stands out about this Phillies team is that that is where I think, obviously getting to the World Series, but I think just that general idea is what I think the the drive should be for the 2023 Chicago Cubs, right? I think 2024 and beyond you're looking at more of okay, we're hopefully entering an era of sustained success. The pipeline is healthy, the talent is plentiful. It's it's flowing up and down through the organization and it looks more like 20 you know 15 to wherever you want to put the benchmark on that 2018, whatever, 2020, they won the division again. But More sustained and with a deeper pipeline of talent. I don't think they can get there in 2023, but with what we saw in 2022, they can put together a roster that can make the playoffs, right? And that's where it all ties into the Phillies. Like, if you can do that and you can spend the money to get in, you should, right? You can do so intelligently, you can do so on shorter term deals, but don't and and that's why i think everybody was so annoyed with 2022 like don't write off an entire year right when you have the ability to have a budget that you as the cubs should well i don't right? think they
0: i don't think this is maybe controversial but i don't really think jed entirely wrote off 2022 like he even wow. said well let's let me let me get to the point that he said there was an outside chance of them being a playoff contender, and we kind of talked about this in March and April. The outside chance was you get in that tier, that over one standard deviation tier outside of your projection, and you make the playoffs. That was sure, unre- but- it was unrealistic, but yes. Jed was in his you know back of the mind. He said it like that was one of the intentions. He just not he just did not want us to assume the risk for twenty twenty three
1: sure and i and i understand but i think what y- we all agreed on though was like you could have put forth a little more investment in this 2022 team and that belief would have been less risky or, i mean i yeah and i like, you know what I've, i'm I've saying i like fall into that category to go out and spend too much more money to be like, okay, like, yeah, this team reasonably could sneak in with this division and we'll see what happens. And we're not going to mortgage any of our prospects and we're not going to sign any six or seven year deals in the process, but it, it, fine. They didn't, here we are, right? 2022 is over, whatever. 2023, though, you can't, you can't do that. You you do not have to be a, f- I, I don't think they're going to end up in a position where they are a favorite for the World Series. We know where the prospects are, how old they are, like what the timeline is of that. That stuff hasn't changed. But you have, I think, the foundation of the roster that y- you, me, Cody, Ryan, Luke have spent an endless amount of time going over and, and combing through. 2023 should feel more like where the Phillies ended up now again the Phillies did so by giving out a bunch of big contracts and how they're going to feel about that if if they don't win the World Series here in a couple of years we'll see right but I don't think the Cubs have to do that to get to that point. I think they have a decent foundation in place. You can make some long-term investments, but also some shorter-term ones that we'll talk about in this episode. And I I think if you're going into 2023 with anything less than the expectation of we can be a wild card team at minimum, that's not good enough, right? You have to be able to hit that bar. You have to believe earnestly, and it cannot be— you know, a pipe dream that you are putting a potential playoff team on the field for next year.
0: Yeah, it's it, it's it's tricky because the Cubs sh- they the, right now their CBX tax estimate is like one hundred and ten million, so they in theory have around one hundred twenty five million to spend. So the thinking is, how much do you? Do you invest on the upfront of that end, and then by doing so, you have all this room. But at the back end of these investments, you may not have that flexibility, which ultimately is what screwed over the Cubs. Like that's why they couldn't tender Schwarber a contract, and with COVID and all the budget restrictions, that's what happened. You can debate the validity of that and the ownership and all that stuff. That's fine, but that was a reality. Like that is what happened, and you know you don't know how owners are going to react four, five, six years from now. That that's that's a possibility. Uh, the way the Cubs stand right now, they have so much flexibility this year, next few years. I don't even think they have to go out. Which I hope they do, but we're talking about like worst case scenario. I don't think they have to go out and even spend massively on contracts. There's still guys in free agency and perhaps through trades that you may not have to assume the long term risk, but by getting these guys into your team, you can be competitive next season. And you can hope that some of the younger prospects come up, like Brennan Davis and PCA progresses and the pitching progresses. And then maybe by maybe next season, then you can invest fully or the alternative is you invest the Carlos Correas, the Aaron Judges, the DeGroms, and you accept the risk while also parlaying that with some of the younger guys coming up for 2024. That's the decision Jed has to make. It's hard to figure out, you know, which side makes the most sense, whether you want to wait a year or do it right now. But, you know, like I can see it's I can see both perspectives working out. It's just Yeah. One side is going to get a lot of controversy if you don't go out and spend big on one of of these big free agents. Right.
1: Uh, So for the rest of this episode, I do want to talk about some of the the pitching thoughts and maybe a little bit on center field. There was a rumor about Brandon Nimmo uh, from the Mets, you know, some stuff about Aaron Judge, et cetera. I want to get into a little bit of that, Uh, you know, because by the time you and I jump on here next... um, the World Series could be over and, you know, we're going to ratchet up into free agency and all that other stuff. I I do, just for posterity, uh, since you and I, Brendan, are the last show of the week, uh, I am going to tell you when you are listening to this, uh, check in on an update for Alexander Canario. I'm looking at a video on Twitter uh, in the Dominican Winter League of him rolling his ankle. Are you kidding base. me right now? I am not. I'm telling you that live. uh Listen, I don't have the update. Uh, he's also playing in a, a you know another winter league, so I'm not sure what. I mean, we'll how how update. bad is it? Do you video? It doesn't. Oh, look I'm looking great. at it right now. Here it is right now. Yeah, Let's see. It It does not look Let's great. See it. Oh. Here you get Brendan's live reaction.
0: Dude, what? they gotta like fix these
1: bases, man. That's just. I knew you were gonna say that. I mean, what is that? Like anyway, my point being, uh, Jesus you can. Christ keep up with the uh chgo cubs twitter feed i'm sure there will be an update there once it comes I mean, maybe across, it's not that bad i that's what i'm saying i don't know i'm just watching I mean, the video i'm not bad, saying it's like, bad you know it doesn't look great but th- that is prospect news for the moment and as the last show of the week uh, uh I mean, on our feed bad i i have to mention this so hopefully it just you know ends his winter league season and he's ready to go in spring training I'm not a doctor. I don't pretend to play. Your one ankle should not roll like that on these cases. Okay. All right, Brendan's not going to be able to focus for the rest of this podcast, but I had to mention it. Right, that's that's our duty here, finishing off the week for the CHGO Cubs podcast feed. Keep an eye out for an update on Alexander Canario. That is that that is the main point. Uh, before we get to our first ad break here, and then, like I said, we're going to talk some some outfield options for the off season. Maybe a little bit. Uh, of pitching and, you know, maybe what Brendan would like to see. Uh, we talked about Kodai Sangha, um, you know, kind of so delving into some of that other stuff, especially with some of the, it's not really a hot stove yet, Brendan. It's, you know, warm, I guess. Cool. It's a cool stove. Uh, but some of the stuff is, you know, sort of starting to be reported out there. Um, before that, though, I, I do have to, you know, I have to raz you a little bit, I think. Um, we were texting about you know, over this last week and, you know, even going forward here, we're in that period where it's all 2016 anniversaries um, when they win the pennant and then coming up, uh, of course, at the beginning of November when the Cubs won the World Series in 2016.
0: Yeah, um, 2016,
1: correct. I'm, I'm a little distracted right
0: now with all this going on, but yeah, 2016.
1: Close the Canario video. We have a podcast to record, all right? You're going to have to stop looking at to it. i text my medical friends see how bad right. um, But— you you texted me earlier in this week and said that you didn't really remember or like it hadn't dawned on you just how good Yeah. Schwarber was when he came back that's correct. in the World Series. And when I read that text message I was like what?
0: Yeah, but when that's you,
1: the whole thing. That's the whole like legend of yeah of Kyle. But when you what when do you, you mean you didn't you didn't remember well, that? Well, I
0: remember it, but I like to put the numbers out there. Like 7 hits in 17 plate appearances or at bats with 3 walks. Like he got on half the time, Corey. Like yes. you're, you're telling me, you remember explicitly he got on half the time. I couldn't have told you that he had a
1: 971 OPS, but I knew he was great. That's the whole, I knew he the was
0: great thing, too. But he got on know? base half the time. That was that was the point. And by the way, a lot of people said the same thing on Twitter. Who were like, "Oh yeah, I forgot about this too." Not oh, forgot. Well, but if like, a bunch
1: of people on Twitter agreed.
0: Exactly. With then. That's my. And there you go.
1: You must be correct.
0: That's <laughs> my point. Uh, if I were to ask you before you even read that tweet, how many hits he got, you would have said seven. Honestly. I don't think you would have. You're you're I bad at this. I don't
1: know, but I definitely, when you look at it, he had a four twelve batting average. Like I'm not surprised. I was not surprised by that at all. I wasn't I like surprised that. by it. That's the whole thing. He came back from destroying his knee, and w- was dominant in the World Series, and that's why everybody is like, oh well, it's you know kind of lucky that they were still doing uh you know like that the Cubs didn't have home field advantage even though they had the better record because Kyle got to play four times. Like that's the whole thing.
0: Yeah. But, like, seven hits, dude. I Like, even getting 17 plate appearances, it never dawned on me. He got—or 20 plate appearances, like, never yeah. dawned on me. That's a lot. I don't All know. Right. I feel like a lot of people are going to be on my side on this one. Like, I knew he was good. People are never on your side. A lot of people are always but, on my side. What are you talking about? Yeah, I mean, about? I
1: think, like, Wednesday, I believe, uh, you know, earlier this week was, was the anniversary of the Cubs' first win in a World Series game uh, since 1945 in Game 2. Kyle had, t- you know, multiple RBIs. In that game, uh, there's uh, that. that's also the game where he gets a base hit, I think, and turns around and says something explicit that yeah. I am not going to say on this podcast to David Ross as it came out. <laughs> uh, it's a very funny clip, uh, but not uh, not for me to say, not for me to repeat. So, uh, uh, all right, no, look, like, you know, I just figured I could give you, you know, could razz you a little bit because i was just like what do you mean it's he was that good in the world like that's the whole thing about kyle i don't believe i honestly don't um, i don't believe that you would have said he had seven hits i'm being serious brendan kyle and i we share the same birthday you know we both went to big 10 schools i know a lot about him you know like it's 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 in my wheelhouse big indiana
0: fan over here i can tell now we're doing that yes sure
1: yeah all all of a sudden i take credit go hoosiers right yeah Uh, So before you jump in to uh, thank our wonderful sponsors here in a second, uh, first, I do want to let you know if you are in Chicago or planning to be in Chicago, CHGO is having their second Bears tailgate. Uh, The first one, rave reviews, uh, there's food, there's drinks, uh, the tickets will be available uh, in this podcast description, uh, you know, amongst the links. You can also go to the CHGO Twitter handle at chgo underscore sports. Um, it'll continue to get promoted and, and linked. Uh, you can visit allchgo.com. However you would like to, uh, food and drinks are included with the ticket. Uh, music, food trucks, good people, good vibes. Uh, this is the second of the tailgates, uh, and I think there's going to be more going forward, but the next one is on November 6th, so if you would like to attend, check those uh, ticket links. Uh, you can reach out to Brendan and I if you can't find them, however, but we're, we're more than happy to help get you there. Uh, the next one, November 6th, uh, as the Bears host the Miami Dolphins, so do just want to put that on your radar. Uh, now I will turn it over to you,
0: Brendan. And quick break here from our sponsor, Shady Rays. They never understood why sunglasses were so expensive, so they went out to change it. You don't have to break the bank for quality sunglasses this fall because our friends at Shady Rays have you covered. If you want a new pair of shades for those tailgates, Corey, the November 6th one, it might be sunny outside. Shady Rays is your premium polarized company that make featured Uh, world-class optical sunglasses. They are durable. They have styles catered to everyone and everyone's lifestyle. The best part about Shady Rays, they have the most insane protection program in all of eyewear. Lost and broken replacements. So if you lose or break your shades on day one, they told us that they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. If you drop them in the lake, off a cliff, Anything, you get excited, playing some drinking games at the tailgate, step on them, anything, they will replace them. Even with that strong of a protection program, they still manage to make quality that I can tell you holding them in my hands seem just as good as other expensive brands I've had in the past. Shady Rays customers seem to agree they have over 200,000 five-star reviews exclusively for our listeners. Shady Rays is running their deepest deal of the season. Use code CHGO for 50% off two or more pairs at ShadyRays.com. Buy one, get one free. You can get two pairs for as low as $54. Redeem only at ShadyRays.com, where you can find all their newest and best shades. Second break here from our sponsor, Game Time. Game Time is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. Ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you never thought you could? 50 yard line, courtside behind. Home play, even floor seats at a concert is possible with the Game Time app. The biggest last-minute price drops can be found on the seats you thought you could never buy. You won't find a better deal this season on Bulls games or Bears games or even concerts. This app is created by the fans for the fans, and it guarantees the lowest price. If you love CHGO, then you'll love GameTime. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. Join over 15 million people, including me, I've used this many times, who have downloaded the GameTime app and scored the best seats to all your favorite events.
1: You can go on GameTime, get tickets to see the Bears against the Dolphins. There you go. And you can attend that game after... The tailgate you go to the CHGO tailgate. Look at that. What a day you'll have. We
0: are professionals doing this. And you'll save money with game time. Yeah. Well, that, that's been done before. I was talking to some of the guys at CHGO, and they did that. They went you know, to the tailgate, and they, the last second, bought those tickets through game time. So, yeah. it's a real thing. There you go. Yeah. What a day. What a, what Look a at that.
1: November 6th you'll have, if you follow that plan. With
0: your shady race, Corey.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> Look out. Okay. Can we combine them all into one? I mean, if you have AG1 in the morning, there you go. And you can wager on the game on DraftKings. wow look at us look at this i know okay have you calmed down from the canario video or not i i've texted
0: three people i'm still waiting a response but uh i have not come down
1: who are all going to try to parse through like grainy footage of footage of the dominican winter league Ah. and uh try to figure out? i have
0: nice friends they're willing to do that for me right they know my sickness this has to be done um
1: yeah, look, I you know hopefully there's a clearer update when you guys are listening to this uh, on Friday, but it is what it is, right? This is the stuff that happens, and you hope it's not a long term thing. I you know the the only thing, and I think especially why it's worth noting is I think Canary is a pretty interesting prospect in that like I don't really know how what his what timeline trade value might be. too. Yeah, to be involved at Wrigley Field, you know, that outfield situation gets a little crowded if Brennan is coming back and things like that, Uh, but you do have the DH, um, but trade value too, right? Like, Canario sort of seems like one of those guys who could go either way, right? Like, I don't really know if the Cubs had big plans for him at Wrigley Field or if maybe he would be packaged, so, you know, this is a less than ideal time for this to happen, uh, if it is anything at all, right? It could be, you know, a little rolled ankle and not that big a deal. Uh, but we'll see. Keep an eye on it. Uh, it's not great, right, if it ends up being something significant. You know, also, as I always say, like, you don't want guys to get hurt. Canario's in there playing in the winter league because he's grinding and trying to make improvements and and, and get better and uh, improve his – future status and all that other stuff and it's a bummer when yeah. guys get hurt and and all that hard work is put on hold even if it's just for a couple days or a couple weeks right like you you don't want to see that happen to these guys who are going out there trying to make a living and and do the best they can for themselves so hopefully it is not that big a deal uh let's talk about some of this i like i said cool stove lightly warm stove barely lit stove is there
0: such a thing as a cool stove no, probably yeah. not. I made what it up. What is that? Okay.
1: But, well, you know, I'm hosting this show. I can make up whatever I want. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but let's start in the outfield. Uh, Brandon Nimmo, a name that came up, Aaron Judge, has been out there. there. There's been some loose rumors that people within the Yankees view the Cubs as a potential challenge to them re-signing Judge. Um, so those are a couple of the names that come up. We also are hearing, and I know that Cody, Luke, and Ryan talked about Cody Bellinger. Um, you know, so as always hit up YouTube or their episodes in this same podcast feed, uh, as they discussed Bellinger and, and some of this stuff as well. But the, the, my initial thing, right. And, and I know Cody said this the other day, like Bellinger, if he is indeed, uh, you know the Dodgers do let him go, that screams a Cubs situation to me, right? If they were able to get it on, you know, a low risk deal, it, it just screams the type of thing that they would be interested in. I, uh, you know, you have if you're going into the season with Hap and Seiya, I think you feel pretty comfortable with those guys in the corners especially with the improvements that Hap has made and the adjustments that you've seen Saya make and maybe a leap that you'd hope he would make in his second year. And the, the, the potential, if you can figure out what went wrong with Bellinger, just to me seems like the type of thing the Cubs would be interested in. Um, with someone like Judge, I, I, I would— Very strongly bet that the Cubs do not give out a long-term deal to someone that is not one of those four shortstops. Do you have the
0: same sense, Brendan? What if they don't get one of those four shortstops for some reason? Then, you know, the discussion is Well, then it depends if Judge is still there, right? Right. Well, you know, unless some team goes crazy and gets two of these guys, in theory, he should be there. But I I had the same sense. I mean, all reports and all the smoke points towards the Cubs – Getting one of these shortstops, we've we've seen national writers hint at it. Logically, it makes sense from our perspective, given the uh, holes in the infield right now relative to the outfield and the prospects coming up. I like Judge is interesting in that he's he's doing this at an older age from a free Asian perspective than what previous guys recently have signed for. Like you look at. Harper, Machado, they they were under thirty years old. Correa will be under 30 30 years old, and those are massive contracts. Like the last guy to get something like this in that tier, that age was like Albert Pools many years ago. Um, And so, given the age, given how Judd has operated, I'd be shocked if the Cubs went out and signed Judge. Uh, Also, you know the home runs are. Top tier, you know, historical. It's difficult to project guys who whiff a lot because over the course of an age span, those guys tend to not age that well. We've seen that with Hall of Famers. Uh, whereas the other guys are that are being targeted by the Cubs, they don't whiff that much. Like Correa, twenty percent strikeout rate. Xander Bogarts around the same tier, eighty percent contact rate, well above league average. Jed already is operating under this risk-averse uh, philosophy, it seems as if, to your point, if they are going to go out and spend money, then it's going to be on those guys who are risk-averse. It has nothing to do necessarily, has something to do with it. That's not, to, not to say nothing, but it has more to do in my mind with the risk-averse nature of these shortstops. They have really good hitting profiles. Now, there was a, if there were a similar outfielder with the same type of hitting profile, it'd be a different discussion. I just don't think that is within Jed's plan to go out and assume the risk of an older outfielder who has historical power, but given how those guys age, Jed may not be inclined to, to assume that risk. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think I I would imagine that there is interest there. I would imagine that, you know, maybe even the Cubs put out a shorter term offer. Uh, but I don't think that's going to get it done. Which right? if they
0: do, that should be like 45 to 50 million per year, which Yeah, is I just insane. I
1: I just, you know, given that given the discussions that Judge had with the Yankees and that 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 did not result in a contract, I just don't think I don't think that Jed's vision for all of this includes a 10 plus year deal or whatever it is for a home run hitting outfielder. I just don't, right? And it, beyond the immediate need that you have on the, the infield, um, you know, even if you don't consider shortstop a need because of Nico, like you, you still have other positions that can be filled by these players or thus filled by moving.
0: But either them or Nico, right? Like it does conflict though with what Jed has said. Like even in that postseason conference, he he said we need to add pop to this team, sure, right? So Judge is exactly though. Like
1: some of those some of those shortstops do provide that. I mean, Judge is a different animal. Like if you want pop, well, you know. I mean, Jed didn't say what this lineup is missing is historical. (laughs) You know, record-setting pop. That's not what he said. That's true he just wants more pop so no I, i i do know what you mean i mean i i think look at the end of the day like whether you're talking about carlos correa or aaron judge or whoever it is like they're great players and they would fit what the cubs are doing because they're great players but i think when you try to put together all of the language about intelligent spending you look at the system uh and some, uh, you know, you do have some really talented infield prospects. You know, we've talked about some of those guys at short, but I think also you all you have a ton of outfield prospects, right? Brennan Davis is someone who you're hoping is able to make a more immediate impact. PCA has jumped to the front of these prospect rankings and kind of the front of seemingly everybody's mind when they're talking about uh, these prospects canario is an outfielder who is someone who has just shot up these rankings and also provides power right if that's something you're looking for uh owen casey like they it, they're talented across the system right but i do think just looking at everything to me if they're going to give out a long-term deal and and vi i don't want to say violate but go against this idea of short term, you know, not mortgaging the future type things. I'm like almost positive it's going to be for somebody that plays shortstop.
0: Yeah. Well, I think even if they lose out on their shortstops, which I don't think is going to happen, I don't think Jet is going to spend money on, on, on Judge. And it does conflict with like trying to add more pop, but I just really believe it's about Mitigating the risk over a five plus year time span. And Jet is looking at this in that window. And again, you look at past players with whiff rates around 70%, they don't age well. So there is, in his like math in the future, a huge unknown. And if you're going to be spending $40 million a year on that guy, you don't want that unknown. Like Jed clearly does not want that unknown. Other teams may be okay with that, with how their roster is constructed. And that's totally fine. But I think Jed is more likely to go out and spend money on pop, but doing so in a shorter term deal with less money involved, although it may be a bigger contract, but ultimately, though, Short stops, just to emphasize this even more, those short stops, they are likely to age well. It's not a certainty, but given their profiles, they're likely to age well. And I think that alone attracts Jed to those players. If they play third base, if they play second base, if they play center field, regardless of that position, I think that is the primary driving force and Jed mm-hmm. wanting to sign those guys. Yeah.
1: So, I, I'm not, I, I wouldn't write off judge, right? You never write off anything. Like the twins ended up with Carlos Correa because a long-term deal didn't pan out and he was willing to take a sort of weirdly structured deal. So you, you, you never write anything off, but I, it's just not something I, I see happening, right? Yeah. And really conversely, like if you're looking at all of these topics together, like to me, them signing Carlos Correa and finding a, you know, taking whatever deal they can get Cody Bellinger on and hoping they can, Reclaim some of that, like that. Just sounds like something they would do, doesn't right. it? Like, yeah,
0: I mean, I'm not as I'm far not as into, addressing center field. I'm not into Bellinger. Like, I'm not gonna okay. lie. Like, I just why? like I. Well, I mean, look at his numbers. His hitting numbers are oh like, uh, horrific. Yeah. Right, yes. the last few years, I don't know why I said why like that. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, duh. Like defensively, you know, what? he has talent, but like, I'm kind of sick of doing this. I want stability, yeah. and he's not stable, so that's fair. Yeah, I,
1: th- I think the question if you were looking at Bellinger would be like what are you, what are you looking for there? You know, like, are you, are you signing him to a cheap deal, kind of a prove it deal and acting like he's your starting center fielder? Or is he like a lottery ticket that is playing on the bench and you've addressed things in another way, right? Because the, the the other thing with him that I do think is interesting, again, this is all assuming that they can get him on the cheap and it's just as i just said like a lottery ticket you you make additions elsewhere that really strengthen this team and you add him because you can right because you're one of the organizations that can and should be taking chances like this the one thing i'll say about him is that he does he he can play multiple positions right He's played the outfield. He can play center field. He's a good defender. He can play first. He's played first base for the Dodgers. He could DH if you want him to. So if you were able to tap into that and un- get back to anywhere close to the level that he was a few years ago, I can see them doing that. I can also, I totally see what you're saying though. Like I would not be comfortable if he was like, yeah, we're going to sign him and he's our starter. Like one of the everyday nine. It's like, no, he, he just got dumped by one of the best teams in the league because he's been terrible for not just a year, right? Like years, plural. So that should not be plan A, but I, it just seems like the type of thing they would do If you can find yourself in a position where he can be one of those last few guys on the bench and maybe he plays his way into more. But I do want to ask about, before we'll we'll talk about Brandon Nimmo and then we're going to hit our second ad break, Uh, but what do you think about Brandon Nimmo? He was connected to the Cubs, uh, coming off of a very good season for the New York Mets, uh, played in 151 games, 5.4 wins above replacement. 134 WRC plus 342, uh, excuse me, 353 weighted on base average, uh, 10% walk rate, 17% K rate. What are your thoughts on Mr. Nemo here? Yeah. is it Nemo or Nemo? I think it's Nemo.
0: Like Nemo, Nemo, like the movie. Like, I don't think it's that. I'm pretty I, sure it's I don't Nemo. know.
1: Look, uh, <laughs> as, 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 uh, as Ron Santo would prefer, I do not pay the Mets any attention. So I don't know. Oh, I mean, that's the, you it's know, not part of my research that's, that's for a totally Cubs fair. podcast to learn how people pronounce yeah. names of guys on the New York Mets. Totally if the fair. Cubs sign him, I will gladly learn how to pronounce Brandon's last name.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, like, the numbers are clearly good. He made $7 million last season in arbitration. Uh, he's only 29. He's going to be... 30-by-round uh, opening day, so he's not like very old. You can at least assume that within the next few years, he'll be productive. His defense has been in the 90th percentile in center field, doesn't strike out that much. He takes his pitches. You list all those numbers right there. I like him. It's a matter of what the price is, and this is a matter of the alternatives. Like if the Cubs go out and spend on Correa, they go out and spend on a big time starting pitcher, they trade for an expensive starting pitcher, then maybe that Bellinger move makes more sense, right? It depends on what the other moves are. With with Bellinger, you do have that defensive stability that should translate well to Wrigley. The offensive numbers may not be the best, but maybe if you're assuming, "Hey, I just want, you know, on a scaled 500 plate appearance sample, like 1.5 or maybe Bellinger is your guy. But if you go out and you miss on one of the bigger starting pitchers, you go out and miss on Correa or Xander and you don't get guys that you were aiming for, then maybe Nimmo is your guy. Uh, Now, he does have an injury history. Yes. 2021, he missed... You know, several games. He only played in 92 games in 2019. Only 69 games. The only time he's had over 140 games or more was 2018. So this is the only. This is the second season in which he's played that much. So how is that going to affect his price? I imagine it will. And how is that going to affect Jed's calculus in giving out money? And again, we're talking about risk-averse nature of Jed it's it's going to be difficult i think for the cubs to to devote a lot of money to him but i think it only happens if they miss out on these guys which i don't think they will so in my mind like nimo doesn't seem totally like it's realistic, but I don't think it's likely. I I, I give it like a ten percent chance. Um, I just see them using their resources in other ways and still looking to bolster center field just in a different fashion. And maybe Bellinger is your guy, but they may not be willing to accept some of the offensive risk associated with Bellinger as well.
1: Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I think a lot of us, you know, Nimmo also uh, heading into free agency, looking for his first big contract, should be able to decline a qualifying offer, right? So that's Drop something... A
0: compensation.
1: Right. That's also something to keep in mind, something that Jed has not shown a lot of interest in dealing with. And, you know, obviously, again, like, you know, he... Play. he only played in 92 games in 2021 he was quite good in them he was worth uh 3.3 wins above replacement but you know always something I guess to just keep in mind like he you know if this was his last year this was the year to prove it and he did but you know sometimes that doesn't always work out right like a guy plays the way they play to get the big contract and the money and you know then it doesn't always work out that way so I I I like it as an option. I think he, you know, as a lefty and an outfielder, like, that that fits some needs that the Cubs have. Um, But, yeah, like you said, I think it all just sort of depends on how else they're spending that money and how much money there is to spend. I think if you were able to, you know, have an unlimited budget, I think uh, he would be great to pair along with Carlos Correa and... Kodai Senga and you know we'll talk about this when we come back from the ad break maybe a an older uh top tier starter like a Jacob deGrom or something like that for a couple years like I just I don't know that they're going to spend that much money and so I think it's going to go to other places yeah Uh, and like I said you know same consideration for Nemo uh with Judge right like you're you're not going to not sign somebody if you really want them because you're waiting on Brennan Davis or PCA right but you know you do you do have a lot invested in some of these outfield prospects and you've you've spent a lot of time building that up and some of those guys I think are closer than some of these other positions so how much space in that outfield are you going to tie up in longer term contracts and guys that are uh hitting 30 or near 30 when you have these guys coming up, right? It just doesn't—you can argue the the merit for it all, but it just doesn't really track with the way that Jed has been doing things. And I think when we get into intelligent spending, like I sort of feel like that's probably what he means. Yeah, um, I think so. You know, so. you only have Hap for another year. You have to make a decision there. But you have Seah locked up for another four years here, if you're going to sign someone like Nimmo it's going to be a handful of years right if you're going to sign Judge it's going to be a large sum of years like it just i'm I'm not sure I see that being the way they decide to spend this money yeah
0: all right Quick break here from our sponsor, GameTime. If you've dreamed of watching, let's say the Bears game this Sunday, they're in Dallas. If you want to go to Texas, you can get seats through the Game Time app. GameTime, as we've said, is the hottest new ticketing site. It makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to those Bears games, Bulls games if you want, even concerts and shows, and you know for a fact you won't find a better deal this season on any of those sporting events. This is created by the fans, for the fans, and it guarantees that lowest price. If you love CESGL, then you will love GameTime. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. You can join over 15 million people who have downloaded the GameTime app and scored the best seats to all your favorite events second break here from our sponsor, DraftKings. It's time for October Baseball, and I'm betting on the action with DraftKings. The World Series is coming up, first game Friday. DraftKings is an official betting partner of the World Series. Right now, DraftKings Sportsbook has a championship-worthy offer you can't miss. New customers can just bet $5 in any World Series game and win $200 in free bets. Pretty cool. If you want to boost your winnings, check out DraftKings' same game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Game one, you do have the Astros as the favorites. Right now, the current line is one and a half runs, minus one and a half for the Astros. Go on, you make that $5 bet, you get $200 in free bets if you do that. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and use promo code CHGO. Again, $5 to win $200 in free bets if your team wins only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code CHGO. The minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See show notes for details. MLB trademarks are used with permission.
1: All right, Brendan. So as we head into the final week or so of the regular season we're gonna have to turn things around we've talked about Kodai Senga and I, I I know we've spent a lot of time talking about this rotation and what the Cubs need to do and as the pitch doctor what you want them to do specifically yeah. and I wanted to ask so I wanted to ask kind of specifically um, as Justin Berlander gets ready to start uh, another World Series here Jacob deGrom coming up in connections to the Cubs. I would love to see the Cubs land one of those two guys. I assume it's not going to be a particularly long-term deal, and I think that fits, kind of going full circle to the start of our conversation, I think that fits that idea of we, we have this long-term plan for the future. We've spent all this money and time and energy Bridging out our pitching infrastructure, developing these guys. We just had the third best starter ERA in the league in the second half in 2022. Here's some things we can do to try and make the playoffs and mess around in October in 2023. And it will have no bearing, right, on the 2025 payroll, probably, right, when you maybe need to supplement what you're hoping is a juggernaut of a baseball team. How do you feel about uh, those guys? You're going to be the one that if they sign Jacob deGrom that has to s- obsess over all of this data, and it would be great data, but is he going to stay healthy? Justin Verlander, it's pretty old, right? What he's doing right now is insane. It's, yeah. its I don't want to say unprecedented, it is. but it's its, unprecedented. it's not
0: hor- In this day and age, it is.
1: Right, in this day and yeah, age. Yeah, that's what I mean. Right. So how do you feel about all of it? What do you what do you want them to do? If if we talk, if there's a bunch of rumors and we talk hitters or something like that next week, and this is the last time you lay out a plan for
0: the 2023 Cubs rotation. What do you want it to look like? I need two starting pitchers, like top shelf starting pitchers. Like one ace-like, the second one in that tier of Stroman, maybe a a tad below, but I need innings. I want to look at the rotation and know, okay, I have three starters who are going to get 27 plus starts, 28 plus starts. That's what I need. And if that comes in the form of Verlander or DeGrom, that's obviously great. I mean, those are two of the historical greatest pitchers of all time. Degrom, when he's healthy, is arguably by some current players and former players like what the best starter uh, from a stuff perspective alone. So how how can I say no? I don't want these guys. Of course I want these guys. They're they're the, they're among the best ever. The problem I see or anticipate is thinking like Jed right now. And Jed, we've seen what he's done with the core, trading those guys, not signing certain players. Jed, from my perspective, seems risk averse. And when we look at the rotation and the current holes in the rotation, it's not a lack of talent. Like This rotation has talent. Right now, it's a lack of projecting innings. And so my thinking is, Verlander will be 40 years old. He's coming off a significant arm injury like 18 months ago. What is the likelihood he can get 28 plus starts? That That's a fair question. I don't know the answer to that. And then on top of that, he's going to, he's going to turn down a $25 million option. So he's anticipating above that. So you can assume maybe 30 million plus. How many years that ends up being will be interesting. He's going to be 40 years old. How do you negotiate a contract of a Cy Young winner as a 40-year-old, Corey. Like in my mind that like that's just like impossible to try to calculate. On the other hand though, the Cubs seem to be the perfect team for Verlander because they're a big market. They have guys coming through the system, maybe not for 2023, but for by 2024, a lot of their top talent guys will be at Wrigley in a perfect world. So you can maybe give a lot of money up front, give Verlander, let's say like like 80 million over 2 years, and you have the flexibility to do that. You have $125 million in luxury tax room to do that. Now, does that mean why you give out 80000000 million? You're expecting those 28-plus starts? You probably are. But if it doesn't happen, you still have flexibility to go out there and sign other guys. So this is all to say, if they sign Verlander, which if I had a pick between Verlander and DeGrom, I'm going Verlander just because of that short-term deal. I think DeGrom may ask for more. He'll be 34. He'll be 35, rather. He may be wanting more years. The Cubs may not be willing to extend beyond two, three years. But for Verlander, that's probably what you're going to get. So you don't have that long-term risk associated with them. But if you sign Verlander then I I I need more too. Like Verlander is just not enough. Like you still have to factor that in his age and the injury potential into the entire equation. So if you sign Verlander, need one more guy. I need one more guy anyway, even if you sign the Grum. So how do you get that one more guy? Do you sign someone? Well, in free agency in the Marcus Stroman equivalent tier, there's not many other pitchers. Like you know, Carlos Rodon is obviously projected to be better than Strowman, but he's going to be a significant price tag as well. Now, do you want to devote you know eighty million in one year to pitching? Probably not. Other guys like Noah Syndergaard has been doing well, but he's coming off a major injury. He's not in that Marcus Strowman type tier as well. So you may have to trade for someone as well. It's it's really difficult calculus to work out, Corey. But I think if you had to pick between the two, there's a sense of like. Overwhelming uncertainty with DeGrom that I don't see Jed willing to accept. Now, if DeGrom wants three years, you know, 40 million per year, 120 million total, maybe, like, I can maybe see that. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, all right, well, DeGrom hasn't pitched 30 starts in three years. Last time he did that was 2019. Like, he's having major shoulder problems, like recurring shoulder problems. If you had a bet, what are the chances that occurs again over three years? I would say it's really high. And that's just going to sit really uncomfortably uncomfortably with me for, forever throughout the duration of the contract. We'll, like, we'll be approaching September, hopefully in a competitive window. And in my mind, this is how I am. I will be thinking, all right, DeGrom's shoulder shoulders about to blow out every single year. And I, I don't know if I want that as, as a fan. I don't know if I want to accept that to risk. To be
1: fair, you would be worried about
0: anybody. Yeah, but like this one, this one's on a whole new level, Corey. It's a little more substantial. Yeah, this one's a whole new yeah. level. So, I mean, other two, like, yeah, like Verlander makes sense. But uh, before I turn it back over to you, I think my preference is go out and, and trade for someone. Like the, if you're going to sign someone or trade for someone in that tier, the Verlanders and those Degroms. If it's possible to trade for someone that's younger, they can lock up. That 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 that's what I want. I want stability. Verlander doesn't have that inning stability because there's no one like him. But other pitchers in the league, they have that. If Shane Bieber's available, he's my number one target. He has that stability. He has that youth. Cleveland might be willing to depart with them given their talent. That would be my preferred path forward but i understand that's maybe not possible
1: if you were doing that is how many people in that system are you unwilling to consider moving
0: like in the cup or anyone yeah i mean i'll I'll consider basically anyone honestly okay yeah i mean like we're talking like pca and those guys Yeah, yeah anyone yeah, I, I mean, I would strongly consider anyone. Not to, that I'm
1: saying they, you know, I'm not saying they would trade PCA for Shane Bieber specifically, yeah. but I'm saying if they're looking at
0: making trades, is there anybody that you're like, no, 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 don't even no, bother? No, I mean, Shane Bieber's a legitimate, like, ace. Like, you have to consider it. Like, I'm not saying do it for sure, but I would look at it and very closely consider it, no doubt. He's an ace, dude. He's 27 years old. Like, PCA is a great prospect, don't get me wrong, but this is what you have to do to get those guys. It may be uncomfortable, but this is what you have to do. Okay. And you know, like you know with, with Bieber, he's done this so many years now and he's so young. Like like you have just you have less air in projecting this team if you get someone like him versus Verlander and DeGrom. Like sure. you have to you have to put that into your projection. This this yeah, age I mean, and I think injury that, volatility.
1: I think that's obvious if you can find a more longer term. Option that's the better solution. I think when you're looking at something like Verlander or Degrom, I think it would be, you know, we're going to try to juice up this roster for a year or two, and this is the way to do it. And you know, as you go along in that process, you're going to
0: I mean do both sign Verlander and trade for one. Sure, yeah, but I mean, my 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 thinking with Verlander and trading for some of these guys too, like they're going to be expensive as well with escalating arbitration. So. I don't know what Jed will do if he wants to spend that much money on on the rotation as a standalone. Uh, with with Verlander, like if it's two years, eighty million, like yeah, like that. I think that's 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 a realistic chance of working out. Uh, if it's Degrom for four years, even three years. I, I feel bad saying this, but I'm just not going to be comfortable with it. Like I just don't want that. Like I, I, if it ends up happening, I will be for sure for it because I have an idea that the Cubs are able to estimate this better than like us stupid fans. But it just will sit uncomfortable. I'm not a stupid fan. You're a stupid fan sometimes. No. Yeah, every now and then. Name one time. Uh, I can name several times off off air. We can do that. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, Schwarber, for example, like you didn't know Schwaber had seven hits. I know you. I know you that well. You were the one that texted. him. Don't spin that on me. I just, I just know you didn't know that. I for knew he was very good. <laughs> you won't even say it.
1: Uh, that's, that's okay. That's
0: the okay. only
1: numbers and things that I have memorized are related to Jonathan Tyler Lester, and that's about it. Yeah. See if we can see, if we can
0: get a Lester on this team, Corey. That, I mean, that's what we need that's what i'm talking about if only they made him like that brendan i know i know 31 year old they don't they don't grow on john lester's don't grow on trees brendan i know i know but that's what i want Corey. like can we trade for one instead me too
1: i think about it every day
0: (laughs) (laughs) but do you see my point though with like the verlander degrom stuff like i feel like an idiot saying i don't want degrom but like i'll be a little uncomfortable i'll be very uncomfortable with it um it's I,
1: difficult. I yes, I do. I think it's just that would sort of be the point, right? Like what do you you're mean? not in that position of it's not that easy to find those long term solutions, right? You're still working through where certain guys in your own rotation and system and things like that are gonna fit and like the roles they're gonna be playing. And if you want to be more competitive in the absolute immediate and the yeah. immediate only, they solve that they do. potential problem. The- you know, and you're you are the—being the Cubs and the money that they should have and the organizational status that they should be acting with, as we all yell about every offseason, like, not every team can take that flyer, right? Like, the some of the lower market, like, teams that don't spend a lot of money, like, they're not going to take a flyer like that because that would be most of their offseason budget. It shouldn't right. be that way for the Cubs. Well, they should be able to be making some of these moves— you know, if you wanted to sign someone like Sanga for a longer deal, and you view him, however you do, in the rotation for a few years or several years, you can do that. And also say, and yeah, we're going to go sign Verlander for a year and hope we end up sneaking into the playoffs yeah. and we get to throw Justin Verlander in Game One, and then his contract goes away, and we don't care because we're the Cubs.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess my my thinking is I didn't, I didn't, I don't think I said this, but my thinking is, if they sign Verlander. Like you want to compete in the immediate, in, in the immediate, right? Like next season and the season sure. beyond that. I there is a sense of uncertainty that's even possible by doing this. That's that's my point. So if there, if we're deciding between trading for one of those top tier guys versus signing Verlander, and that's all we get, I'm not saying that's like that's going to happen where it's all we get. But if it is, it better not be right. But if it is, if it's the choice between Verlander and trading PCA and trading some of these guys. I I can understand the logic of trading those guys. If you want to compete next year, if you don't get a top shelf starter next year, if you don't have that, you're not competing next year, dude. Like you have to have that next year, or you're not you're not going to be in this tier. So the question is: Are
1: you not counting Adrian Samson as that?
0: <laughs> yeah, man, he's trending upwards. But if you but like realistically, if you don't get Verlander's production for next season and he tanks, we're in trouble, dude. And so you know. That's the discussion that I'm having with myself, is like, all right, do I want to assume that risk? And the consequence is, I can't trade for these guys. I don't know how I feel about yeah. that. Yeah, no, I, I get it.
1: Um, all right, well, there, well, you, there go. you go. I yeah. mean, what do you want? Like, would
0: you if you had to? I just to do, want them to be good. I know you I do. Don't I I knew you were going to say that. You're so like. It's like, what I with This, yeah. But yeah. if you had to pick between like trading like like top prospects for one of those guys versus like Verlander, like you know the risk between both those. What would you? I know.
1: Do? I think I. I'm with you. I would prefer getting the long term answer. I think I would feel but, much but, more. But there is with that. like.
0: My my additional point um, too. You there, know
1: I'm not a I'm you know I'm not a a prospect coveter.
0: I know right. But I'm saying too, it's not just like I didn't say this clearly, but it's not like the long term potential, which is there, which is an added bonus, which is perhaps one of the driving fact is the driving factor. But also there is an immediate effect. Where the immediate effect oh, yeah, is he's better than Verlander.
1: Right, I, I just, I just sort of mean like it would also be nice to be like, okay, here's your stable rotation piece for the next several yeah. years.
0: I mean, right? like if it were, if it were, if it were an ideal world, you trade for one of these guys, you sign Verlander, and you sign one more, like calm a flyer swing starting pitcher, mm-hmm. and you just lock it down. Like my ideal offseason, in in a perfect world, we'll talk about this over the next few weeks, but maybe like, you know, Bieber sign Verlander. And then sign some like swing starting guy that's had success in the bullpen, like Michael Lorenzen, some other guys as well, and just lockdown pitching, and just do it, and just blow away all the other teams.
1: Yeah. Okay, so I'll we'll I'll leave with this. We do that in the rotation. <laughs> what Brendan just said. So yeah. they end up with who'd you say Bieber Bieber Verlander, Verlander and Lorenzo. Lorenzen. That's my ideal. Off-season. And those are so the additions.
0: I so may change my out. mind by the way, but that's currently October twenty eighth. when I'm, I'm sure. Thinking.
1: You, you know, then
0: you still have Strowman,
1: Steele, yeah. Kyle Hendricks comes back, um, et cetera, et cetera, right? Then here's my idea. Okay. You sign Carlos Correa to play short. Okay. You move Nico to second. Yeah. You sign Xander Bogarts to play third. Oh, wow. Look at this. Then <laughs> you sign Aaron Judge to play center. Okay. Okay. And if Rizzo opts out, maybe bring him okay. back to play first. Oh, okay. If not, we can go with Jose Abreu. Yeah, you, you signed John Lester as like the
0: quality assurance pitch and coach and everything. Base. Yeah, okay. Is that fine? That's fine. I'm fine with that. Where do you, I, Which check I do you think, sign? I think that team could be competitive. I mean, have you emailed you know Tom? Have you clicked reply on the no, season they, ticket holder they email? blocked my emails. They blocked yeah. your emails? Okay. Yeah, I'm blocked. My We've, IP is blocked. Okay. Well, that's probably fair. Well, I'm just,
1: you know, I think that would be a good team. You know, that's a I good think? chance, I think. Right. I think that dog would hunt, you know, a little so, bit. There you go. Um Right. All right. I think that's what we have for you. Uh, as always, you can tune in with Luke and Cody and Ryan for the daily live shows from Monday through Thursday. You can also listen to their episodes on this very same podcast feed. Uh, I will remind you again to check out the tickets in the episode description or on social media or at allchgo.com to the upcoming Bears-Dolphins tailgate on November 6th. Drinks and Food come with the tickets. And I will also remind you to support our sponsors uh, and our lead sponsor DraftKings by signing up and using the code CHGO when you sign up. Thank you for supporting CHGO and the CHGO Cubs podcast. Brendan and I will talk to you next week. By the time we talk to you next week, folks, we may, I, I, I mean, it may even be guaranteed. I can't, remember. I didn't look at the schedule. Like we may have a new World Series champion. So uh, the off season is very, very close to getting kicked off in earnest. Uh, I know how many of you are really chomping at the bit to get those arbitration numbers and non-tenders. I know some of you are, really big into that, uh, you know, contract and financial stuff. But once we get through that, then we can hopefully let, uh, Jed take over and start spending some of Tom Ricketts' money because that's what, that's what really needs to happen here. So however they want to do it, let's get to that and let's spend a lot of it. Okay. Uh, thank you for listening. Talk to you again next week. And whether we are in the middle of the season or grinding out the off season without
0: baseball, Cubs baseball, uh, as always go Cubs.